Hi, thanks for joining us today on Uptime Logistics. Of course, it's powered by Cap Logistics, and I'm your host, Doug Draper, with the Denver Transportation Club. Today, we have an amazing discussion on a very, very important topic, and I'm excited to welcome in our guest, Scott Snyder. Scott, how you doing, man? I am doing very good, Doug. Thank you for having us. Yes, no problem. So we're going to be talking about uh, an organization that Scott uh, is uh, near and dear to his heart and, and actually founded. And it's re really rooted around military transition from um, active duty into, um, uh, you know, into uh, the new job career of their life in logistics. Um, and so Scott is the president and the co-founder of Troops to Logistics. Uh, and Scott, we're welcoming you to the show and so glad you could join us. So before we jump into it, it's important to learn a little bit about yourself just for a minute or two. And then obviously talk to us about Troops to Logistics, kind of how it came about, your passion behind it. And, uh, and we'll start off there. So we'll go. All right. Fantastic. And again, thanks, Doug and, and uh, Uptime Logistics for giving us this opportunity to talk about our, our nonprofit for veterans looking to transition into logistics careers. Myself, uh, I'm retired U.S. Army. During my military career, I was in uh, logistics and transportation, believe it or not. I was also in uh, incident management, domestic operations, and also recruiting. And uh, so I did that for 20 plus years. And uh, there was a break in my military service where I was a uh, National Guard or reservist, traditional, the, you know, the one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer. And it was during that time for about 10 years, I was in the sales and operations, the freight management, LTL truckload world in Southern California. So I had a taste of the civilian logistics early in life. And I've always treasured that time in addition to my military time, of course. And uh, it was really, I guess, with the internal passion of putting these two backgrounds and interests of mine together with uh, a gentleman, a friend of mine from the uh, logistics industry, uh, Brad Reinhardt, who is the president of the LTNA group, a nationwide trade organization that we uh, decided in 2019 to why not come up with a program that's specific in logistics careers and not just all careers for veterans, guard, reserve mm -hmm. and military spouses looking to transition into that career. That's great. So uh, you mentioned one of your partners in crime that, that got started, and, and we're going to be talking to another individual that's uh, involved with the program that uh, we'll hear from her a little bit later. But Robin Grubb, who's involved with uh, as a as a mentor uh, for the program, we'll dive into that a little bit a little bit later. But she has extensive experience with the American Red Cross in logistics and supply chain. So we're excited to talk to her here in a few minutes. But let's talk a, a little bit more about the origins of Troops to Logistics, like the who, what, where, when, and why of the founding, um, and um, uh, maybe a little bit about the three tenants um, that the, sure. uh, the program was involved with. Um, so tell us a little bit more about uh, the why and the founding, if you don't mind. You bet. So I mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, Brad Reinhardt and, and myself started this. Brad is a uh, He's an industry professional out of the St. Louis area. He's a president of a logistics company, and he has 25, 30 years in the industry. Now, Brad's not a veteran, but um, he's always wanted to assist veterans. In fact, 
it's kind of ironic. I actually met Brad for the first time at a national meeting in Denver about eight years ago. And that's when we started a conversation about what we could do for veterans because Brad had said that their nonprofit wanted to find another cause. And he thought, why not veterans? That's a great cause. So uh, again, back in 19, Brad and I talked specifically about what we wanted to do. And that was to provide an opportunity for veterans to transition into leadership roles in the industry, or at least supervisory positions. You know, um, we understand that there's a great need for uh, blue collar work in the logistics field, such as drivers and mechanics, and that's fine. Those are great jobs. But we kind of thought that the, the other roles were kind of not being dealt with or really provided the, 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 uh, the services or transition service that they deserved. So we focus on that, those careers, uh, and we have three tenets, we believe, that help us accomplish that mission. And the first one is mentoring. The second one is personal branding. And the third one would is job sourcing. Mentoring is the first phase. It's the biggest and most important phase. It typically it consumes the most amount of time uh, during that transition uh, period is helping that mm -hmm. veteran understand what they have to do to find that type of work in the civilian world based on their military background. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, the other, uh, the personal branding and the job sourcing, we can, uh, we'll talk about the mentoring in, in more detail uh, here in a few minutes, but I like the word personal branding and then obviously job sourcing. So let's take those separately real quick. Personal branding, what does that mean? Um, as I'm transitioning out of the military into the into the private sector? We believe that in today's corporate world, and when it comes to a long-term career, that like most Americans, you're probably gonna have more than one job during your adult life. You're probably gonna work for more than one company. So it's very important that you brand yourself, you incorporate yourself, you develop the skills and confidence that allow you to be flexible when that time comes that you need to move on for whatever reason. Maybe you decide to do it or maybe something happens like a buyout or the facility, the business gets closed. So we believe that personal branding is, a, is really a responsibility for everyone that wants to have a long-term professional career. You always have to be branding yourself. And there's different ways of doing that. Networking is part of it, big part of it. Social media, being involved with a uh, different variety of uh, maybe associations and education. So that's what virtual branding means for us and to the veterans that we help. Got it. Yeah, I really like um, getting engaged with associations. You know, it's one thing, and that's how you and I initially met, Scott, was through the Denver Transportation Club. That's right. Hey, yeah. if, if you're going to get into a career and you want to give back and get engaged, uh, you know, don't just show up and punch a clock and say you were at this networking event, but get in, get engaged <laughs> and participate. Yeah. And that'll speak volumes to your character, which will help with your personal branding. Um, jo so I'm going to switch over to job sourcing. Talk a little bit about that. I know it's more than just a job board and, hey, here's five jobs. Go ahead and click this button. Uh, talk to us uh, about how you guys approach uh, the job sourcing aspect of it. Sure. 
job sourcing for us really is just a result of doing good mentoring and personal branding. And so we believe that by doing that, doing those things well, that opportunities will come up. For example, we our mentors are all from different parts of the industry. Mm -hmm. They may hear of a position available, maybe with their firm or with another company. Or I may come up with something just because I also talk to a lot of HR people. And so we, once we understand our candidate and their skill set and what their vision and passion is, then we can align those when opportunities become available. And we can simply just call an HR for a person with a company and say, hey, this is who I have. I know based on your company and culture, this is what you're looking for. So many mm -hmm. times it's sending a resume before there's ever a job open. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, the, uh, the other piece uh, that we talked about was obviously the three tenants, right? But there's also the mission statement uh, or the vision statement as, as you guys uh, had put it. And this one's kind of cool. It's eradicate. So here's the vision statement eradicate the transitional barriers to logistics, eradicate the transition barriers to logistics. I, I like it because it's overcoming. That's what uh, folks are used to doing uh, in the military. But the one thing that comes to my attention is what are those common barriers, you know, and, and, and why do they uh, exist? So we're going to break down the barriers, but for, for the, our listeners, like, what are they? And, and why do you think they're, they're there, whether it's perceived or real? Talk about those barriers. Well, I, I, th thanks for uh, recognizing and enjoy and liking our, our, our vision statement so much. Yeah. You know, we like that eradicate word too. It's bold, right? It's kind of like throwing a grenade at the problem. So, <laughs> what we're looking, yeah, you know, like the, the barrier is the wall and the grenade, is, you know, so we're going to take that down. So, there, there is some real barriers and there's some perceived ones. Some of the real barriers is hey, does that veteran have the confidence? to sit in, in front of someone on an interview and understand that and speak their language. That's a pretty mm -hmm. real barrier. What about the employer that doesn't have time to train somebody for six months on how the things are done in the civilian community? They wanna hire this veteran, they've got great uh, leadership background, they're motivated, they have great character, but do they have the necessary technical skills? So those are some of the barriers and, and through the, met, the networking and personal branding, we hope we can overcome those. Some of the perceived um, are, is this veteran going to fit in with us? Is, is he going to walk in and like try to take over the office because, you know, he's got a, a big voice and he's or he or she has been in charge of people and, and used to giving out commands and orders. Is that what this veteran is going to do in our office? Mm hmm. Or what about that veteran that may have been deployed a few times, may have been in combat? You know, they may be concerned about their mental or behavioral issues, right? Those are some of the some of the things that aren't really aren't real necessarily, but they are things that the civilian workforce and the leaders think about. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's real important to bring that to the table, right? Because I think a lot of that is perceived, but but. Um, People do think that like, oh, my gosh, is this guy going to get in a situation that's a little stressful? And how is this individual uh, going to react? You know, and I think the fact that you just bring it, bring it to the table and like, hey, you know, th no, this isn't going to happen. And, and, and here's why I think it's uh, I think it's cool that you guys 
uh, don't hide that underneath the rug and, and, and really come forth and, and address it. Because I truly believe that stuff is, is perceived, right? Um, one thing that is, uh, was interesting that, that we spoke about before the show is kind of like, hey, I did this thing in the military, right? And the terminology and, and the nomenclature m- may not transfer to the same language used in the private sector. So maybe there's a couple of examples you could say, hey, here's what I did in the military. And how does that apply to a job that uh, is more civilian-based, uh, and try to connect those, um, you know, link those together, so the the hiring company would be said, yeah, okay, I get it. It's called an X Y Z in the military, but that's pretty much what we do here in the management of whatever. Do you have any examples like that? I actually have quite a few. I'll, I'll share. I know time is an issue, so I'll just share maybe one or two. One mm-hmm. is. Uh, one of the positions that is common in the Army and the Marine Corps, uh, and I say that because I know those two branches the best myself personally, is uh, a job called motor sergeant. And typically a motor sergeant is a person that's in charge of a motor pool. And a motor pool is made up of vehicles and equipment, a variety of sizes, motors, all sorts of stuff. And it could be a large number of vehicles. We could be talking hundreds. And that motor sergeant is not only in charge of that equipment from an inventory standpoint, he, he or she is in charge of the maintenance, maintenance scheduling, and the personnel that work on it, which means the personnel have to be trained and certified. And so that motor sergeant or that uh, transportation officer uh, have a lot of great skills that I think they can transition into a position such as fleet maintenance or management or, you know, maintenance uh, leadership role for a trucking company because they have already shown the ability and understanding of why maintenance is important, how to be proactive, and how to train people and lead people to keep things ready to go. So that's one. Another one is the transportation NCO or officer that gets into uh, mobility projects. A lot of times this happens when there's a deployment, either a stateside deployment or overseas deployment. And it takes a lot of coordination and planning. That's what I, what I mean by coordination is you're, you're gonna have to coordinate with other departments and other places within that military community, maybe on that base, maybe on another base, and also probably with some civilian resources because you're going to have to outsource a little bit to get the, mm-hmm. get all the logistic support you need to make that deployment happen. You can only imagine having 25 flatbed trucks with equipment on them. Half of them are going to a rail and they're going to be loaded on flat rail cars, the most efficient, cost-effective way. They're going to have secondary loads on top of them. Some of that's hazardous material all strapped down and chained down properly so it's safe and certified by the rail inspector. And then mm-hmm. all that goes onto a software program that, that tracks all the pieces in, in, visi- in transit visibility because there's barcodes and, um, you know, there's the, uh, the, the, I can't think of the word now, the boxes for tracking on all the equipment. Mm-hmm. And so, th- and this stuff is going all different directions. Some might stay on the highway, some might go to a rail, some might do those things, but end up at a port and then go onto a ship and you do a load plan for a ship and then you send it overseas. So, you know, that I think 
works right into the civilian logistics community on managing transportation movement. Yeah, yeah. Collaboration, partnerships, and utilizing your resources, military or otherwise, those are skill sets you need in the logistics world for sure, especially in, in 2021 and how crazy things are out there. So talk, um, yeah. I know we'll get involved with Robin here in a few minutes as a, as a mentor, but talk about the mentoring program, maybe a quick summary of, of what it is uh, specific to troops to logistics sure. and why that's within your organization. Well, <clears throat> what we try to do with our mentoring program is when a veteran comes to us, one of our candidates, and uh, typically it's myself or another staff person is the first person that they speak with over the phone. And we review their resume. We talk about what they want to do, what they've been doing, where they want to go. Are they open to relocating? All that wonderful stuff. And then based on their skills and interests, we match them up with one of our industry experts like Robin. And based on their skills and background, we put them to bring them together. And uh, our goal is, is that they're going to be able to have an open line of communication because you see in the military community, mentoring is very common practice and uh, between senior and lower level. And so if you spent four or five years or longer in the military, you have played the role at least as a mentee. So you understand what that role is and what the expectations are. And so <clears throat> by having that background, we believe that mentor-mentee relationship could work very well because both sides should understand their role and what's expected out of their role. And mm -hmm. so uh, the goal is, is to, over time, that mentor works with that mentee to help them grow into the civilian world, to take off the military uniform and put on a civilian shirt and coat or jacket, whatever you're going to wear for that job. And that's the, that's the plan. And, uh, and, and that's what we do in the mentoring side. And then we support it with a personal branding as well. But the mentoring is very, very critical because that's that's all about the, the confidence building, right? You got to have that confidence right. and also some additional networking never hurts. Robin, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about your connection and how uh, you came to um, to get to know Scott and, and your involvement. So balls in your court. Tell us about yourself. Well, thank you so much, Doug. Um, my background is basically a military spouse and a military daughter. So um, both um, of my husband and my father are retirees from the um, Army. And uh, I have 30 years of a logistical experience working with companies in the public, private, and government establishments. And now I'm currently employed, as we had talked earlier, uh, with a Red Cross, and um, I'm a category manager for transportation and fleet services, and I'm proud that I still work for a company that provides 24-7 support to our military members wherever they might be. Hmm. That's great. How, how do you and Scott know each other? How, how did you be, uh, become engaged with uh, Troops Do Logistics? Well, I actually found the website and um, I reached out to Scott and said that I would like to participate. Um, I did have experience with my dad and my um, husband, um, you know, just challenging coming out into the work field. And it's different. It's different from military to civilian life. And, and there's um, some challenges there. And I think that it's a great idea and I, I love the idea of helping the troops transition. Mm -hmm. That's great. 
Well, we talked about the uh, personal branding and the job sourcing, which are uh, creative and definitely uh, value. But the one thing that differentiates your program uh, from others is really the, the mentoring aspect of it. And uh, I'm real excited that Robin's purpose here today is that she is one of those mentors. And so uh, it's interesting to learn about the program itself, what makes it unique. So maybe, Robin, let's just start with you on that one. Talk to us about what the mentoring program is all about on Troops to Logistics. Sure. So um, I want to start out with why I became a mentor. Uh, so it's full circle for me. Um, while my husband was a drill sergeant and uh, we had troops that arrived every week and they were all stationed up in there, away from their homes, their families, um, they also brought along their spouses who was new to the military and didn't really know how the system worked, how to reach out for resources uh, and, and, and just get in tuned with the military and the step there. So. I took that role on for my husband's spouses that were coming in there. And so I mentored them in how to be a military spouse, right? So when this opportunity came up, it was like the second half of the circle. Okay. So now I go to these um, folks and we talk about, you know, coming out of the military and how to get into the civilian world and how to take those skills that that make them, um, you know, really viable to the market and understanding what those military terms and acronyms and how to coordinate those to what the civilians understand and can, you know, reemphasize. Uh, a lot of employers are looking for those cost savings, what you can do um, to show that you've saved money and, and it's really hard for those military folks to come out and understand what the drive of the civilian market is, right? It's, it's going to market. It's showing that you got your stakeholders and your um, bean counters that the numbers are reporting. And you just don't really do that in the military. The military is always the mission. So it's really about getting them um, in roles that align with what they did or possibly where they want to do logistics and they're really not sure what the market would offer. So some people like a very black and white like regulations. So I talk to them about customs brokerage, which is really driven by regulations. So it, there's a lot of options and you just kind of have a good conversation with your mentee and just really understand what their um, likes and dislikes are and just really try to focus on a point of logistics that would really suit their skill sets. Mm, nice. As a, as a mentor, how often do you in, engage and talk with your mentee? Right, all the things I, that you, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I try to stay with my mentee until they're placed somewhere in a, in a job. And, and then I check back with them just to see how they're doing. Um, my first success story went really well. Um, she had a lot of questions about sitting through interviews and how to ask questions back to the company that was interviewing her. 
And um, so we walked through that. We did some mock up you know, interview things and how to um, engage uh, for things that she wanted to know. And luckily, um, she did the interview and got the job and she's very healthy, you know, happy where she's at. And um, I'm very pleased with it. That's great. Yeah. So do you still keep in contact with her? Um, Is there any like post mentoring that transpires? Um, not a lot of post mentoring, but I do let her know that we're still here if uh, she needs any additional feedback or um, just um, advice. And uh, I have her on my LinkedIn. There you go. Nice. So, um, yeah, that's definitely unique. And it's not just here's your brand and here's how to, to, to find jobs. You're really engaging with the individual, which, you know, differentiates the process and, and you were, uh, you know, outlining a, a great success story. So, uh, Robin, what advice would you give somebody, uh, for a veteran that's preparing to leave active duty and wants to get into logistics, right? Hey, I'm ending my, my first career. I want to start my second one. I know that supply chain logistics is, is my passion right now. What advice would you give that individual um, as they're uh, entering that second phase? Uh, My first and best advice is the sooner you can engage, the better for your career. Um, So if they are getting out and it's six months out, that's about a good time to start looking what the market is, um, Mm -hmm. developing your resume, which we help with also, um, and just getting feelers out there to what the job market is, what positions are available, and starting to refine those to what your skill sets are. Mm, that's great. That's great. Yeah, and then so um, maybe, so that's the, the advice to get into the industry, and now you have somebody that's looking um, maybe this is diving a little bit into your secret sauce as a, as a mentor, but you know, what advice would you give to somebody that's currently looking um, that uh, may a want to get involved and understand what troops to logistics does, or, or just general comments like, "Hey, if you're in the thick of it and you're six, you know, you're you're out of the military, um, what advice would you give them that are actively engaged in looking?" That actively engaged in looking as always, um, reach out to us. And just, um, uh, you know, Scott is a good first filter for our group and um, will kind of align that person and skill sets with the mentors Mm -hmm. so that we have a good alignment um, to get them uh, a better start in their profession of where they tend to want to go within logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have contacts within my 30 years of expenses, you know, so that I might have a company that I know could fit their skill set, but I could give them a direct contact. Now, again, we're not a job board, but if we do find an alignment, we will make those introductions. That's great. Yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is just engage call us. Absolutely. No, you know, you guys have done this, you know what's happening, you know the successes, the pitfalls. So I, I like the fact you're like, just call us. I think that was the first thing that you made mention of is, is just engage. And speaking of which, if they wanted to engage, t- uh, talk to our audience about how they get in touch with you um, and the organization. 
So um, basically, we have the website is the um, um, basically the troops to do logistics.com and, uh, and just reach out. And, and like I said, Scott is the first filter. He really aligns that person with the, the correct mon, mon, you know, mentee. Mm -hmm. And he really does a great job um, making sure that our skill sets are aligned and that we can really get those people off to a good start and a quick start and making sure they hit marketing with themselves into the industry. Well, Scott and Robin, I can't thank you guys enough for joining us today and uh, talking to our audience about Troops to Logistics. You're doing some amazing things out there, helping our, uh, our veterans transition into an awesome industry that I know you and I both love and, and are passionate about, and we always need yeah. uh, great folks to take us to, to the next level. So I can't thank you enough of both for, for joining us. Thank you again so much. Yeah, of course, of course. And I'd like to thank our audience for joining us today on Uptime Logistics. Of course, it's powered by Cap Logistics. You can find more information about the show in the description below. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. And please visit caplogistics.com for all of your customized transportation needs. Until we speak again, thanks for, thanks for joining us and have a great day.